cool hand podcast something you got to deal with welcome back to the show i'm your host my name is q now a few weeks back i did a review uh, for somebody for an artist who goes by the name of tavon casey and before we started this interview i did not confirm if i was saying your name right but i i am saying it right yes sir yes sir. all right because you know some people's names like javon and they pronounce it Javon or Tavon. So, okay, Tavon Casey. And like, it's funny you say that because my sister's name is, is Javon. Okay, so, so yeah, I didn't, I did not want to, I'm a big, I'm, I'm big on not disrespecting people's names. Like, if, if this is the way your name is pronounced, we're going right. to pronounce it that way. But, a, but a few weeks ago, and into my monologue a few weeks ago uh, i covered solitary by tavon casey talked about it had a good time listening to it uh had a good time reviewing it but now we actually have the actual artist on the show so uh guest tavon casey welcome to the cool hand podcast thank you for having me bro um uh, like i said before man i I was waiting. <laughs> I was definitely waiting for my turn. I was like, man, all these people get their turn except me. Nah. <laughs> yeah, well, this is your turn to be on the podcast. And I'm glad to have you. This this is, uh, this is it's always fun to talk to new artists and stuff like that. So uh, we're going to talk about today's all about Tavon. We're going to get into your background, this, that music and things and things alike. So uh, just first of all, how are you doing? I'm great, bro. Uh, I had today off, uh, and you know I had the the uh, theocratic things going on this morning, and that was beautiful, uh, you know. But other than that, man, I've just been chilling. Yeah, this is a Sunday for for the people who are watching this. I don't know when this is going to come out, but this is a Sunday. It's it, it's, a, it's an easy Sunday. But uh, right. Tavon, once again, thanks for coming on. But let's talk about you. Uh, now, first of all, uh, I mentioned this on the review, but you're coming out of where? I'm coming out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Harrisburg. About three, that's about what three and a half, four hours away from Pittsburgh. Maybe it it it's it's something it's something like that. I know Harrisburg is a little drive away, but yeah. Yeah. So we're we're in the same state, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, what was life like growing up in Harrisburg? Well, really, um, a lot of people don't know. Uh, I was born here in Harrisburg. And then when I was a newborn, uh, we moved down to Florida. And we moved to a small section of Florida called Palaka. And, you know, for those of you that don't know, Palaka is like basically about uh, 15 minutes away from Jacksonville, I think. So, uh, you know, I so we lived there until around six years when I was six years old and after you know after six years we moved back so I've been here ever since do you remember uh, oh do you remember anything from Florida I know you were pretty young do you remember anything from Florida uh only thing I can remember is my sister treating me like dirt <laughs> I, I like I was the youngest like she was like two years older than me and you know I like she used to take my toys and, you know, she used to hang it over my head so I couldn't reach it. Stuff like that. Just, just, just little kid stuff. Yeah. But other than that, I don't really remember too much besides me always being the youngest out the group. Mm -hmm. How many siblings 
were there? Um, I have two older sisters and I have two younger brothers. So I'm literally the middle child. <laughs> Got you. Got you. Uh, but yeah, like it was like it was it was from from what I remember, it, it wasn't too bad, you know. Mm -hmm. And then then in Harrisburg, going up there, uh, mm -hmm. what was it like growing up for you and your family up in Harrisburg from six years of age onward? So in Harrisburg, uh, it's surprisingly bad. Like, um, like I mentioned before, uh, at one year, uh, at, I think it was 20, uh, 2014, 2013, 2014, something like that. Harrisburg was considered, you know, one of the top 20 worst states in, in the uh, country. So it was, um, it was actually pretty bad at one point. It's, it's clean, like it's cleaned up a little bit now, but back then it was pretty bad though. Okay. Yeah. And that was something we were talking beforehand. I didn't know that uh, because mm -hmm. it, you know, you think about big cities and Pittsburgh ain't no big city either, but a lot of these cities that we hear about are like vacation destinations or uh, cities with sport teams and things like that. So just growing up, even just coming from Pittsburgh and being in the same state, never heard too much about Harrisburg outside of it being the, like the state capital. So, right. so yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting to know. So mm -hmm. what were you kind of exposed to growing up in Harrisburg? Were you exposed to like some of those bad things that the city was known for? Um, from a young age, I do remember being around it, but you know, my household, my parents always taught us, you know, like it's nothing wrong with saying no. Like I remember people used to come up to me when I was in school and just offer me stuff. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, nah, I'm good, you know? Everybody else, they they might have folded under temptation, but me, I was just like, no, nah, I'm good, you know. And then yeah. I never thought twice about it. Yeah. Well, shout out to the folks. Shout out to the family. You no, know, you know, ra raising the son right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what did you guys do for fun or, or creatively when you were growing up? Maybe it was just you, or you and your siblings, or you as in the whole family together. I always felt now my my siblings are. Like they're all creative in their own right, but I never really, I never really, um, this is probably gonna sound bad, but I never really took the time to like understand what they are creatively good at, you know? So, uh, or good at creatively. But me personally, when I was 13, I remember when I was in uh, sixth, sixth grade, um, I remember I used to just draw all the time. I remember, uh, Specifically, a parent-teacher conference. My, I think it was my mom and my dad. They both came into the classroom, and they knew exactly which desk I sat at before I could even point it out. Cause you know it was just like it was drawings all over the, the like literally all over the desk, and that was literally how I was up until like maybe sixth, seventh grade. Um, and you know, no probably around eighth grade that's probably when I stopped really drawing and like started getting into uh, music and stuff okay now with now what would you draw we're going to get into the music but like what would you draw what did you like to doodle draw create when you were more uh, on the drawing side of art 
Man, I used to draw a lot. I used to draw, like, um, I used to just draw portraits of like my classmates, my parents, my brothers, my sisters. Uh, and I used to take those uh, flip notes and just draw little cartoons on it. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was, I was pretty good at that back then. Uh, yeah, I, like I would literally just draw anything. I was, and I would mostly draw, uh, draw sports, you know, like basketball, like people playing basketball, people playing football and that's like, I would literally just sit there and draw whatever came to my mind. I would just sit and draw. Mm-hmm. Did you get in trouble for that in school? No, nah, uh, my teacher came over to me one time and she just looked at me and she was like, um, okay. She just kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, like I never really got into trouble. Cause like, I was always the quiet kid, you know, like, I, like the quiet kid doesn't mess with nobody. He just, he just does what he wants to do without bothering anybody. So I was one of them kids. Um, I had a terrible speech problem. I used to stutter all over the place, man. Hmm. And um, to the point where I just didn't want to talk to people. So that's why I would just sit there and draw. And, you know, uh, it wasn't until I got into music where I learned how to really express myself. And, you know, I got comfortable talking around people or, it wasn't up until that point, but you know, a, a little bit before that, I was actually um, getting into music. But um, back then, I, you know, I just, uh, I just couldn't talk to nobody, or at least that's how I felt. You know. How did you overcome that? Because I don't. When I was coming up, and in school, there would be people who whether it was a stuttering issue and then some people, they just didn't pronounce things right. You know, like some people and, and they just pronounce things kind of funny. Like they didn't, they couldn't form the words out of their mouth to say certain, uh, certain things. And they would go to speech class. And did you have to do anything like that? Oh yeah. I had to go to speech class. Um, specifically back in like, uh, back in like sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, fifth and sixth grade, I, I went to speech class. And um, really, that didn't help at all. If anything, it kind of made the problem worse. But hmm. <laughs> um, <Man. laughs> yeah, yeah, because like the teachers, they really wasn't helping. They just were saying, okay, pronounce this word and you'll try to pronounce it. No, say it like this. <laughs> Dad, okay, I'm trying, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, um, yeah, I I had to go to speech class back then, but uh, I still stutter, but not nowhere near as bad as I used to. Gotcha. Let me tell you, well, <laughs> I'll stutter sometimes too at the most inconvenient times. Now, <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. I will, and then it's like, why did I just stutter? So I can be at work or something. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll be talking to somebody or trying to like explain something, or let's just say a manager comes in or something. And, and I'm just like trying to say, Hey, good morning or something like that. The I'll, I'll fumble. Like I was like straight up fumble. And I'm like, why did that just happen? Or, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I guess what I'm, what I'm leading into, do you, did you ever like realize the cause of your stuttering? Like, was it a nervous thing or was it just a uncomfortable? uncomfortability dog I can't I'm not even gonna try to try to pronounce that uncomfortability thing 
Uh, I think what it was, was, you know, just growing up and you're noticeably different compared to all the other kids. Then people just automatically look at you and say, oh, like he's different. You know, like mm-hmm. I think it was the pressure of being different back then that caused me to stutter. Because at the end of the day, when you stutter, the reason that you stutter is most likely because you anti- like you anticipate yourself stuttering. So when you're in a room full of people and they ask you a question in your mind, you're like, okay, I'm about to stutter. And then the moment you say that, then you start to stutter, you know? So I actually learned that from Steve Harvey. Shout out to Steve Harvey, by the way. <laughs> shout out to shout out to 1990 Steve Harvey and early right, 2000 right. Steve Harvey with the super crispy hairline. Like, <laughs> back, <bro. laughs> shout out to Steve Harvey. Yeah. Yeah, man. But okay, so transitioning into the music, thank you for talking about uh, the speech and everything. I do appreciate it because uh, it was pretty interesting just to to learn to get into the mind of uh, yeah. someone who was dealing with that and overcame it too. So thank no you. Problem. Now getting into the music, did you say it was around eighth grade? You kind of transitioned into music more? Yeah, I mean, like uh, my dad had this computer that, um, that he used to keep in the living room. And um, it had FL Studios on it. So I would just go on the computer and just make beats. And you know, it'd be like super simple beats, like like kick, bass, snare, kick, bass, snare. Like it, it, like it didn't have no melody to it. It just had the beat to it. So I would just sit there for like hours at a time and just make different beats, you know? And then after I made one, I would just delete everything I put down and just make a new one. Mm-hmm. And so that 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 kind of exercised me into becoming a producer because I actually started out as a producer before anything else. So, um, yeah, that's how it all started, basically. OK, since since we're talking about production real quick, did you produce? I don't know who produced them songs on Solitary. Was that all you or did you get some other producers, too? I had nothing to do with those. OK, <laughs> now, nah, but uh. It's, it's funny because um, I got them all off of YouTube. Mm. And uh, the, the reason that I didn't put the producer names, you know, beside the song is because I feel like people, when they listen to songs, specifically songs that have meaning, then they focus more so on the beat. And then they go and look up that producer as opposed to listening to the words that I put on the beat. You know, so I feel like sometimes you got to be selfish as an artist. <laughs> so that's that's kind of my way of being a little bit selfish, even though I'm not making no profit off of it. I just wanted people to hear what I'm saying and relate to it, you know. Got you. All right. So we're going back to eighth grade again mm-hmm. and making the beats on FL Studio hours at a time, creating the beat, starting all over, creating the beat, starting all over. What point did uh, the bars, the lyrics come into play? Um, what point did they come? Uh, I think it was around, I started writing around 16. Um, uh, e- even though it was trash, I'm not going to lie to you. It was, like, like it was, it, it was pretty bad. Uh, and I think the reason that I started writing specifically was the fact that you know, at lunch in high school, 
you know, people used to have little rap back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. battles or whatever. And um, it was this one white kid. The reason I say white kid is because <laughs> he was literally, like, he was the only white kid in the entire school, you know? Okay. It, was all, it was all Blacks and Spanish, you know? But it was this white kid. He was at the table killing everybody. And <laughs> I like, I will not be a victim so I just decided one day, I just went home and I just started writing and uh, <laughs> it was trash. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm so glad I never got the chance to battle against that guy because he would have wiped me anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, like that's, that's how the bars came along because of, of the kid. I forget his name, but he was actually pretty, pretty decent. When I think back now, I'm like, uh, he was okay. But you know, like for the time being, I'm like, man, this this dude's killing everybody, you know. Yeah. So up until that time, were you still making the beats? Because from when you're 16, what are you in like 10th or 11th grade here? So from mm-hmm. eighth grade, you're like 13, 14, something like that. To to and. So leading up to that time, you were still messing around on FL Studios and making the beats and all that? Right. Okay. Now, back then, I wasn't really taking the beat making serious. It wasn't until until around 17 where I started taking beat serious. Like when I started, you know, actually saving the beats and, you know, putting, find, like finding ways to put melodies into the beats, sample stuff. Um, I started really taking it serious back then. Okay. All right, cool. So the the bars came slowly. Not a, like if you're starting at 16, of course you're not you're not going to come out on some, you know, you ain't going to be Nas when you when you first start rapping. So that that's super understandable. So <laughs> with time as time progressed and you were persistent with with the rap and I would assume you became persistent uh mm. writing bars and things like that. And that was at 16. So at what point did you become, in your opinion, good enough to like really like spit something in front of somebody else and and kind of impress somebody else with your bars and lyrics? Um, around that time, I would probably say around 20. 20 okay. is when I 20 is when I actually, you know, started, you know, getting confident enough to say, okay, I can actually rap. Mm-hmm. You know, because I used to watch a lot of battle rap and I'm pretty sure you're familiar with battle rap. Yeah. So, uh, I used to watch a lot of, you know, daylight used to watch a lot of, uh, Tay rock used to watch a lot of Charlie clips, you know, just, just people of that nature. And, um, after a while, like the whole metaphors, and I don't want to say it became easy, but after watching people do it so many times, it just becomes like a part of the way you think when it comes to writing music. Yeah. So um, that's that's when I uh, started, you know, actually becoming a little bit more confident. Mm-hmm. Now, when did you start recording? When did you start putting, you know, putting everything on wax? Mm-hmm. So I started recording at 19 and uh, I, 
I'm so upset that I recorded at 19 because listen back to my old stuff, man, it's it's not pleasant to my ears. Like everybody else says, everybody else says, oh, it's, it's not that bad. But me, I'm like, uh, I know what I can do now. And it's, it's, it's terrible to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get those feelings of insignificance. But you know what? I, I hear the same thing from other people too. Like they they don't like their old work because they know that they've improved so much mm -hmm. more. Like one of my friends, he has a project from 2016 and it's good. Like it's a really solid project, but he's like, nah, that <laughs> like I hate it. So, okay. And when it came to making the music, what was the content like when you started recording and everything? What was what was the content? What were you pushing out? Um, basically, the only content that I had um, at first was, oh, I'm a better rapper than you. You know, who's a better rapper than me? Like stuff like that. And then after a while, I tried to put in like messages in songs, which naturally I was pretty good at, you know, putting messages in songs, you know, just from I think that stems from me being uh, me being like a uh, artist who drew when I was like younger. So naturally you become pretty good at imagining things and putting stuff in, you know, poems and songs. And what year, when you said like your bars were your message and, and content was more like I'm a better rapper, what year was this around when you started like recording and everything? Uh, 20, 2015. 2015 2016 is 2015 actually okay 2015 2016 now <clears throat> i was trying to like make a correlation to like the, the state of music in 2015 2016 and maybe an influence it might have had on your music but if mm -hmm. it was like if you were if you ended up saying like 2010 or 2011 that's when like the whole Lil Wayne and everything and like all the bars were like you know I'm the best and and things like right. that everybody was like really rapping to be the best but like 2015 right. 2016 there was that transition uh -huh. phase into like mm -hmm. you know the wild hair and like the the things that right. we see today like but right. my next question for you are is who are some of your influences uh, to your music? Uh, I love this question so much. Uh, so obviously, you know, around that time, that's when uh, 2014 Forest Hills Drive came out. Okay. And, out, and honestly, Forest Hills Drive, that's probably my favorite project or my favorite album of all time. Okay. And then the year after that is when Kendrick dropped To Pimp a Butterfly. Yes. And uh, To Pimp a Butterfly is my second project, favorite project of all time. So when I put those together, I was basically putting content that, you know, I was trying to mix J. Cole with Kendrick Lamar and Drake's If You're Reading This Is Too Late, you know, like I was trying to put all of those into one bubble and I was still trying to come up with my own sound, but that's all I could come up with. So that's all I did. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And growing up too. So we got, we have the J Cole, we have the Kendrick. I love to pimp a butterfly too. Like I, that, that's one of like, 
I don't want to call it. That's his best project, in my opinion. Out of out of albums, Me too, bro. Me out, too. Out of albums, out of all his albums, out of all Kendrick albums, "To Pimp a Butterfly" is probably my favorite. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, this ain't about what my favorite and my preference is. But <laughs> who were you? Who were you listening to, uh, music-wise, just growing up? I forgot to ask that a little earlier. Growing up, uh, so. It's interesting because my parents, they brought two different flavors of music. My mom, she would bring that old school type flavor into the household. My dad would introduce us to like newer stuff, you know? So my mom would be cleaning around the house on, on like a Saturday or a Sunday and she would have Luther Vandross just playing in the background or uh, Anita Baker or, you know, just people like that. And my dad, you know, he'll be cleaning or, you know, just having music playing. And it'd be like, you know, uh, back then it was like Biggie, Tupac. It was, um, it was like, it was Nas, it was Eminem. My dad introduced me to like the whole hip hop side of everything. My mom introduced me to the old school R&B soul type stuff. Who's your favorite rapper? Got to throw that out there. My favorite rapper now? Your favorite na- rapper now, and then I got to follow up with who's your favorite all time. We could do both. Oh, you can't do that to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, right now, right now, uh, right now, I would say my favorite rapper right now is probably. And, uh, people are going to be looking at me like I'm biased, but I don't care. I still consider Kendrick to be my favorite rapper right now, even though he hasn't put out stuff in like four years. He just put out a single about, you know, three days ago, two days ago, something like that. And, um, but yeah, like Kendrick, Kendrick always has like that special place in my heart artistically, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, of all time. Yeah. We'll take a top three or a top five if you want to, if you just can't say one. Okay, top five, dead or alive. All right, so speaking of that, I got to throw Jadakiss in there. I love Jadakiss. Uh, then after Jadakiss, I'll I'll go Andre 3000. Okay. <clears throat> uh, obviously, I got to throw, I'm going to throw Biggie in there. And then I'm going to go with, uh, I'm gonna go with Method Man. And you, you know what? Nah, I love Method Man, but I can't throw him in there. Uh, I'm gonna go... look like meth. Now that you say it, <laughs> <laughs> like not exactly, but I could kind of see it. I mean, I love Method Man, bro. But uh, I gotta say Eminem. And then my fifth, I'll probably say. Kendrick <laughs> that's fair that, that's fair enough that, yes yeah, your top five yeah all right so yeah. so we get a little more to Vaughn Casey's flavors when we when we when we flavor a rap so okay mm-hmm. all right now we, we talked about the top five we talked about all that let's get back to your music and you're putting out the content a mix of Forest Hills Drive 2014 Forest Hills Drive and and to Pimp a Butterfly so mm-hmm. 
I just, I lost my own train of thought. So <laughs> as things started to progress, uh, what did you start recording on? What kind of like software or doll, whatever it's called, what did you start recording and doing all that stuff with? So I think, um, I think in the last, or in one of the last uh, interviews you did, it was with Chlorophyll Collins. And he yeah. brought out how, you know, it's not what you use, it's how you use it. And I agree with him 100% because I've been using nothing but FL Studios for everything. I mm -hmm. used to make beats on FL Studios. I record, I mix, I master on FL Studios. So, uh, yeah, like that's literally all I've been using. And um, for my microphone, I have, I have just a just an old computer microphone which is a it's a blue snowball mm -hmm. okay like it's a blue snowball microphone and i have an old dell computer that has dust all on the buttons and stuff <laughs> but but it still works though you know like i right. tell people all the time people like people are like oh you gotta upgrade i'm like i'll upgrade when i absolutely have to you know no i dig that i dig that 100 percent um one of my friends <clears throat> who makes music, plays the guitar and stuff like that. He really went for a, a minimal approach when it came to making music and wanting to master what he had before he started getting other stuff. Because, mm -hmm. it, it, and, I, and I rock with what you're saying, because you can have all the equipment in the world and still put out a trash project, a, a nasty mix. And I'm not like the mix king. I can't you know, tell a, a horrible mix from like, but anyway, you get what I'm saying. Like you can have all of it in the world. You can have the best mic, the best, this, the best, that, and your stuff still sounds like it doesn't sound good. Uh, and then yeah. on the flip side, you have somebody who might have something, I'm not going to say outdated, but maybe an old school thing or something that's not the, the newest joint, but they're still putting out quality work. And it sounds good and it's pleasing to the ears. So um, I, I, I mess with that sentiment. I mess with that, what you said. So um, yeah, shout out to you. And when I listen to Solitary and, and some of the other Lucy's, I listen to a few other Lucy's. I, I don't remember the names, but like, it sounds good. And one of the things that stands out to me are the bars. <laughs> like, especially if, if, if you listen to rap, like listening to, I, I think like R&B or indie you might want to hear some other elements but when i'm listening to rap i'm trying i came to hear rap like i mm. like i can't i came to hear lyrics i came to hear bars so right. i can appreciate what you said thank you bro oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah you can rap so moving on what at what point did your the thought of putting together a project come and when did that first project come out? So I, I know like the timelines is kind of messed up be, mm -hmm. because like I, I kind of had like a, I kind of jumped into stuff pretty soon, you know, as an artist, like when I came to, like when it came to rapping and stuff. Um, but when I was 19 or 20, I dropped my first, pro I think I was 20. Yeah, I was 20 years old. I dropped my first project and um, I, I don't consider it an album or anything. When I really look at it, it's just like a whole bunch of demos that I that are, you know, just unfinished, rough draft, you know, like uh 
yeah, that's pretty much what they were. Um, so I don't really consider that my first album. So that was around 2016 when I dropped that. But I would say my first, my first project, I would say, is in 2017. That was like my debut like album, I, I would say, you know. Uh, and that's called uh, Poison Ivy Effect. If anybody wants to go and check it out, it's on my SoundCloud. Poison Ivy Effect, yeah. So that was, and basically all of those songs on there, they're all like rough drafts and demos and stuff. So mm -hmm. those, so those songs on that project are just glimpses of my old stuff. But I had to go back and remix some of the stuff so that the quality could sound at least a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Got you. And then was Solitary your second project? Solitary is my second project, yes. And that was 2020. 2020. All right, so let's talk about Solitary. I'm, I didn't listen to the Poison Ivy effect, so I'm gonna have to check that out. I report back to the people later on Poison Ivy effect. Bro, like, it, now if you have weak ears, man, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, like it's it's not a bad project. Uh, I'm, I'm my own worst critic, so I'm probably gonna be saying terrible stuff about it, but I hear a lot of people saying, look, I, like, I love this you know okay well, well I'm, I'm gonna have to spin it man so i'm gonna have to spin it so um now going to the project that i had reviewed which was solitary mm -hmm. and with solitary if you haven't watched that video go ahead and check it out i'm not going to do a whole review of it mm. but that had a, a a whole review of it right now we already got that but mm. with solitary there was a lot of feelings emotions there was like a, a a real message with it and uh one of the things that i didn't ask about in conjunction with solitary was there was more like the singing like i mentioned on the review like i called it like kind of like the best name i gave it was trap soul type thing so when did you want to start laying down like some melodies and 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 using your vocals in a singing fashion uh that was the first time believe mm. it or not that was the first time where i actually wanted to like like sing because before i made like hooks you know i was singing on the hooks but you know like is like the singing that i was doing before was like like i said before i was a fan of j cole and all these other artists so the singing that I was doing on the hook before was basically me taking away from J. Cole and doing the type of singing that he does, you know? But it wasn't until Solitary, you know, it was like a situation going on in my life where I felt like singing was like the best option to do it. Like, or singing was the best option for me to, you know, try to release it and it worked. Singing brings about different emotions. There's one thing to rap, but even people who can't sing, cats who singing in the shower, singing around the house, mm -hmm. singing, it's definitely different. I don't know what triggers the brain and things like that, but the different sounds right. that, that you hear or make when you sing, it's definitely a whole different type of zone that you're in. So that, that's mm -hmm. pretty interesting to know because I enjoyed, I enjoyed the singing on, on, 
uh, on solitary. I thought it was pretty good. So job well Thanks. done with that. <laughs> so with solitary, let's let me ask you some questions about that because you know I'm curious. So what were of course you you say whatever you're comfortable with, but what were some of the things going on uh, in your life with solitary when you decided to create that content for that project? So around that time, it was like my first my first actual relationship, you know, and like uh, I was, you know, everything was all good. And then it seemed like in like a split second, like everything just like changed. And it literally like, you know, I'm pretty sure you heard somebody say like, uh, oh, it felt like they took my heart out and, and crumbled it up. And, you know, like it sounds funny when when you actually think about it because it's yeah. like a metaphor, but like that's literally what it felt like at, at like at that point, that's literally what it felt like. And then I couldn't even, you know, for a while, I couldn't make music for like a couple months. I, I couldn't write. I found beats that I liked, but I just couldn't write to it because my mind was just so messed up. I was in like a super dark, depressed state. So I couldn't write. I couldn't do anything creatively. So we have a heartbreak theme. There goes that theme of heartbreak. And then when like it, it seemed like you got abandoned or something or you felt abandoned, not only with the relationship, but even with friends. Was it like did did the, did the homies pack up and leave? I mean, like so in that relationship. I it, it, like it was multiple times when I told her, okay, like, like, like you the only friend that I got. Cause at that point, you know, I wasn't really around nobody else. I wasn't really friends or I, I had friends, but you know, it's like nobody was reaching out to me and, you know, I, you know, it was just one of those things. And so I felt like at that point, she was my only friend. So we would talk every single day. And you know, like the standards when you're in a relationship, you talk every single day, but when you're just friends, you don't really talk every single day. So that's why I felt abandoned because it's like, okay, so what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> you know? Um, but that's pretty much how I felt. Did you get any type of sense of relief after putting that project out after putting all of those feelings and what you were going through uh in music bro i felt like i was dancing with the stars no pun intended <laughs> like i felt like i felt like i like i was dancing with the stars bro i was so light on my feet man and it was uh so after i did every other song besides um dance with the stars on solitary um, after I put all those songs out, I was happy. And then I was like, you know what? I'm happy. I feel like making a song about it. And so I literally made a song called Dance with the Stars. And that, that became the outro to Solitary. Okay. What was the reception like? Because I in 2020, what was it? February 2020, that project, you put that project out? It was February 2020. Yes, sir. Yeah, right before everything, right before the whole world shut down. So mm -hmm. what was the reception like when you put that out? What was the reception you were getting from people? Um, the reception I was getting from people, everybody seemed to love it. Like everybody was telling me or everybody who heard it, everybody was telling me um, 
this is like this is your best work so far. And that made me feel good because as an artist, when you put your heart and soul into something, obviously not everybody's gonna like it. And I don't expect everybody to like it, but I make music for people who who actually want to like it, for people who actually wanna take the time and listen to it, you know. So um yeah, that so that actually made me feel great. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> with I keep losing. I, I told you before I was tired. I can't like I have I have the question like it's in the chamber and then and then my yeah. stuff jams. Okay, it's all, bro. Like like I'm pretty sure you noticed me too. Like like I had a little bit of caffeine earlier and like um, when you asked me a question earlier, I just paused for a second. Like. <laughs> yeah like <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i'm tripping but um uh, with solitary so moving on to um post solitary you had recently dropped a, a joint with now this is the, the cat that i say that i'm pretty sure i say his name wrong all the time is it quay diligitis is that how you say his name it's quay diligitis <laughs> hold up hold it's up. hard it's... bro i i said it correctly uh yesterday so let me try to i gotta clear my mind and uh <laughs> is it quay uh diligitis quay quay diligitis yeah that's quay, the name quay diligitis shout out yeah. to quay diligitis yeah. um uh, yeah like i'm pretty sure he knows like his last like, like his stage name is like a tongue twister but i think that's kind of what he likes about it okay. you know <laughs> that's a difficult name man that's a, y'all, y'all rappers man he's y'all gotta get it together man oh uh, but like shout out to you clay facts so you have recently dropped a song with quay we're just gonna say quay for now with all due respect with quay yeah. and can you tell us about that song because this is this is a different type of uh a different type of song from solitary that was more of mood music shout out to joe budden but mood music uh that was for when you're in a specific state of mind but you dropped the song with quay and can you tell us about that and what it and what what it was titled and so on so the song is called vultures and um quay at first i was expecting him to sing on it you know and he started off singing and then then he started rapping i'm like wait hold up (laughs) hold up (laughs) hold up you know but nah but like so like the song is basically about um how money doesn't mean much i mean i don't want to say it doesn't mean anything because obviously you make a living from the money you make but uh yeah like i was just letting people know like yeah just because you got nice cars like nice chains like i said i got chains and whips like django and like yeah like i'm letting people know like you can have all this stuff but that doesn't mean that you like you're going to be happy at the end of the day and that's kind of what the project that i'm working on now is about all the songs from that project is going to correlate with you know vultures Mm -hmm. so we do have a new project coming soon Mm-hmm. but we just don't know when so i don't know when but hopefully we'll be before, on the lookout hopefully before the end of the year okay so we'll be on the lookout for that 
uh vultures is a good song go check that out as well it's uh i, I like that song so <clears throat> the something that i want to kind of have a, a a little brief discussion about uh mm. and we can wrap it up or whatever some of your ups and downs when it came to making music so yeah 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 you could go ahead some of my ups and downs um i feel like ups and downs like for the most part you just get writer's block you get writer's block it's it's not it's it's not to the point where you know you can't write at all my i would say the worst writer's block that I ever had was to the point where I can literally just like make a, make three to four words. And then I'll be like, what can I say? <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> uh, that's pretty much all the ups and downs that I had when it came to making music. Cause like I said, um, it doesn't take much for me to like make a song, you know, uh, I just, you know, I just take the simple stuff and then I just know how to run with it. So, the only ups and downs for me is basically to, um, is to, you know, have serious writer's block. <laughs> mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I want to have a discussion on, on writing too. Mm -hmm. uh, we were recently talking to, I was with, in a Zoom with uh, some friends, uh, some other people who make music as well. And uh, one, of, one of my friends, was talking about, was asking about writing. He was asking another writer about writing and rapping and stuff like that. So for anybody who wants to rap and you talked about how you really got started in 2016, mm -hmm. but it took you a few years to even build up the confidence to say, okay, this is good enough and I'm going to put it out there. And I'm sure not everybody has that success. They're like, oh, this is, this is good enough. They put it out there and they're straight trash. But <clears throat> what advice would you give anyone who just wants to like, who wants to rap, not just rap or just add rap into like their style of singing and they want to like ride a beat and things like that. Any tips that you would have to anybody uh, just to help them out? Uh, when, if somebody wants to rap, I would just say just to, just to bring your own spin to it. Like, you know, everybody wants to rap like, uh, like Trippy Red. Everybody wants to rap like Lil Yachty, people like that. But I feel like if, if you want to be original and if you want to have your own, um, if, like if you want to have your own style, just just do your own thing. I like I feel like you don't have to run with the trend, but um, at the same time, you do have to know how to rhyme. You know, and in most cases, I don't want to say all rappers rhyme because you know not all rappers have to rhyme their stuff. But um, for the most part, if uh, if you want the majority of people who like rap music to listen to your stuff, then it has to hold some type of, you know, has to hold some type of either lyricism or some, like it has to hold some type of bounce to it. Uh, just the way you rhyme, the way, like the tone of your voice when you deliver, like all of that stuff, just keep all that stuff in mind. And um, like me, it took me a while to even realize that my delivery was pretty bad when I was younger. 
you know, uh, I remember it was a few songs, like a few early songs. I, I, when I recorded these songs, I thought they were the hardest songs out, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I was basically just whispering. I was whispering <laughs> on the phone because I didn't want nobody else to hear me as I was recording, you know? So I was basically whispering. And then after I heard it, I'm like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> man, it was straight trash, but... <laughs> But like, yeah, I, like I would just say, just focus on, just focus on what, like, what do you want to accomplish when it comes to rap? Do you want to be a lyricist? Do you want to be a hype rapper? Like somebody who raps on those, those beats with bounce? Or do you want to do all at once? Like you can be all at once if you want, but just find, just find your, your niche, find, find whatever you feel comfortable worth doing got you so it, it takes time a lot of tri trial and error i'm sure like right. you were saying like you might record something listen back to it and and be like man i, I was whispering or, or my delivery is off and and things like that uh right and and, and I, I thought of one last thing too because you said when you were younger <clears throat> you were more shy more reserved mm -hmm. you making music and putting it out to the public, did that have any effect on your confidence as a person or did it make you more willing to be outgoing or anything like that? That gave me all the confidence in the world because not, and it's not the fact that the quality was good. Cause like I said, the quality back then was pretty trash, but it was pretty much so just people knowing who you are. Like I remember one time, one time I remember walking into a, I think it was a gas station and I had somebody come up to me and say, Hey, uh, you make music, right? I'm like, yeah, I don't believe I, like in the back of my mind. I'm like, I don't believe I know who you are, but thank you for paying attention. And then, uh, there was another time where, you know, my mom was at work and, um, she was listening to one of my old songs and um you know she had it playing in her office and uh somebody walked past and she and my mom said he had a bunch of bracelets like different colored bracelets on his wrist and stuff and um he walked past the office and then he kind of backed up and poked his head inside the office and said wait is that Tavon Casey <laughs> <laughs> and, and my mom was like yeah that's my son and then the guy said, I, like, I've been looking for this dude. Hmm. You know, like, like he's, he said, I've been looking for him because, you know, I like he's the only clean artist in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Gotcha. You know, I thought it was cool because apparently he wanted me to perform in front of, you know, in front of hundreds of people. And I'm not that type of person that will go out of his way to perform in front of that many people. Because like yeah. I said, I'm pretty, I'm pretty low key till this day. I'm pretty low key. But now, if if I felt right, then yeah, I would. But yeah, I forget what the question was. But <laughs> oh no, no, it was about you. You answered that perfectly. Like the uh, the having that reserved disposition, uh, kind of fading away when you started putting the music out to the public. So mm -hmm. yeah, that that was something that that I did think about too. Because um, it's nice. It's super nice that something like music how it yeah. can affect someone putting out music, how can it, how it can affect someone 
and their personality and how they feel and, and things like that. So that's pretty cool. Um, anything else? Is there something that I miss? Anybody you want to shout out? Anything that you just want to mention to anybody who watches this? This is this is the time. Well, most definitely, man. Like, uh, I definitely want to give a couple shout outs, first of all. Uh, so I feel like because people look at quality in music like, oh, well, quality is the only thing that matters. And yeah, like you can have good quality, but the song can still be bad, you know, but at the same time, I feel like mixing and mastering and just the quality overall doesn't really mean much if somebody has a good message that they're getting across perfectly clear, you know? So my friend uh, and fellow artist, Michael Blaine is a perfect example of that because uh, not only do I feel like he's one of the most talented rappers in our peer group? A lot of people don't really give him credit. A lot of people look at his music and say, oh, this is like, like this is different. This is weird, you know? But if you really pay attention to what he's saying and how he gets his message across, it's like super, it's like super authentic. And I've always been one to respect, you know, people who are super authentic when it came to music. So my friend, Michael Blaine, uh, shout out to you, uh, Mitchell, AKA Michael Blaine. And also, you know, the teddy bear King himself, King Keith. <laughs> yep. Shout out to the teddy bear King. Shout out to Michael Blaine. Shout out Michael Blaine. Shout out, uh, Chlorophyll Collins. Me and him still have to work. Uh, Chlor we, he's nice. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, I heard a few of his beats on SoundCloud and I was like, Dang, like like he like I didn't know he was like I didn't know he was that good. He's nice. And, yeah, he's nice. And then also uh Alec Hershey. Al Alec Hershey. Uh I just heard his uh I just heard his album that he put out uh two days ago. Yeah, just a couple days ago. Yeah, he put out an album and that thing is fire. That's that's definitely what I that's definitely what I want to say. I definitely got a few favorites on that. And um Shout out Crowded Places. Shout out Cool Hand Podcast. <laughs> shout, out, shout out everybody, man. Shout, shout out everybody. Shout it's out everybody. People, it's like, it's a lot of people who I want to shout out uh, Black Knowledge. But at the same time, this this is a, uh, yeah, like my mind is blank. Like I said, I can't really think of everybody else. But. It's all good. It's all Alec Hershey, Crowded Places. Shout out DQ to GOAT. DQ <laughs> to GOAT. Everybody. Shout out everybody. This is the Cool Hand Podcast. Kevon, thank you for coming on. Uh, once again, shout out everybody. Uh, we, Solitary is out. We got the Vulture single that's on the upcoming project coming out with Quay. Quay. Shout out to Quay. Yeah. Uh, Quay. And Quay, uh, Quay. Quay. <laughs> he set us up with that name. He he set Quay us up. Did, uh, Quay did uh the yeah that's shout out name. the shout out to quay diligitis this is the cool hand podcast cool hand podcast something you got to deal with easy 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 you know i got that from t-rex yeah man yes. yeah <laughs> that is the only should i go again <laughs>